Good morning. I'm so glad you could be with me today as we gather together again to study God's Word verse by verse. If you've been with me, you know we're in the midst of an extended study of the book of Romans. We're in the first chapter now. I want to read today in chapter 1 in verses 24 and 25. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. In the verses preceding this, God has been making it clear to us the problem of humanity. Humanity is filled with sin. People are sinners and separated from God. And more, they are consciously choosing to reject what could be known about God, both God's putting it innately in our hearts and also revealing it in nature. They continue to rebel against God and refuse to bow the knee before the Lord to turn ultimately to the gospel, which has the power to save all who believe. Humanity rejects that, continues on in rebellion against God. And there are consequences from that. In verses 24 and 26 and 28, we encounter the phrase, God gave them up. There is a consequence from continued human rebellion against God, continued refusal to worship God and to turn to God and come to God God's way. God gives us over to the power of sin. Back at the very beginning of the scriptures in Genesis chapter 4, uh, God gives a warning to Cain that sin is crouching at the door and it wants to have mastery over you. Sin has continued to do the same ever since. When we sin and refuse to turn to God, to come to God God's way and find forgiveness and be reconciled, sin not only separates us from God and keeps us separated from God, but sin also corrupts us. Sin enslaves us and it has great influence on our thinking on our behaviors, and ultimately on our relationships, not just with God, but our relationships with one another. In verses 24 to 32, the remaining part of chapter 1, God is developing for us three general areas where that influence is seen. What God gives us up to, in the sense of giving up the rebel to the power of sin. Today, in verses 24 and 25, we encounter the first of those. God has given up those who have turned from him to impurity, immorality, sexuality outside the framework of God's permitted context. Sin's mastery over the fallen man and woman is proven by the fact that mankind so often expresses the God-given sexuality that was part of his creation of us as men and women, he, they express it outside the God-given context into which its expression is permitted, which is, of course, marriage. He gives them over, it says here, to the lusts of their hearts to impurity. The passage is describing in the Greek the idea of lust-driven sexual expression. He is describing in these verses that situation where people take that innate heterosexual urge that they feel that they were created with, desire for the opposite sex, and they take that and express that desire improperly. 
they get involved in sexual involvement outside the boundaries of marriage, outside the boundaries of God's ordained place for sexual urge and sexual passion to find a uh, proper expression rather than an improper expression. Using this description, giving a person up to the lust of their heart to the impurity, it's a word picture of an individual controlled by their lust, controlled by their passion. Uh, they are not in control. <clears throat> in a sense, they are controlled by their passion. They are driven in life by the need, by the desire to satiate their lust, to satiate their sexual inclinations and passion. They are driven in a way to follow an indiscriminate expression of that God-given sexual urge. They refuse, in other words, to keep sexual passion and sexual urges under control and expressed within the framework that God permits. Instead, they express it in all other ways. And that giving ourselves over to being driven by our sexuality is actually affirmed in the culture that we're a part of. It's always been true that it's been affirmed by our culture, but boy, especially in more recent history, the culture in the United States, for example, has been one that tries to normalize indiscriminate expression of sexuality. This term impurity, giving our hearts over to impurity, the impurity that dishonors our body among ourselves. What is, what is included in that concept here? Well, the word impurity comes from a Greek word which refers to a sort of broad category of impurity, moral failure, moral impurity in the way that we think and in the way that we act. In the Greek language, that particular word translated here, impurity, includes several things. Number one, it includes adultery. And adultery is defined as someone who is married, choosing while married to find sexual expression with somebody outside of the marriage. You can't commit adultery unless you're married. Uh, sadly, many marrieds commit adultery. So part of the impurity is the widespread immorality among those who were married. The Greek mind also included, under this term impurity, the idea of fornication. Now what's fornication? Fornication is sexual involvement where you are not married, but you're having sexual involvement with somebody you are not married to. God has set the boundaries of proper expression of sexuality within the framework of a man and woman being married. Therefore, they shall join together, as he puts it in the scriptures. When you are not married, and yet you are joining yourself with somebody else, that is called fornication. And it doesn't really matter whether you say, well, we care about each other, we love each other, we're just sort of living together, they're our significant other. <laughs> the fact remains, God says, no, that's sin. That is fornication. If you are married and then look for that sexual expression with somebody you're not married to, then it is adultery. But it is sexual sin in both cases. By the way, the Greek mind also included the idea of mental sin. Uh, pornography would be a good way to describe some of the implication of this in our current era. 
adultery, fornication, pornography, all things in which one seeks for sexual expression and release outside the context of the marriage in God's proper place. The outcome, the inevitable outcome, he tells us here, is dishonored bodies, is the way the ESV translates it. The idea that your body, because of your choice of expressing sexuality in these improper ways, your body has become degraded. It's being used in dishonorable manners. The bottom line is sexuality outside of God's boundaries always hurts us. It's not only sin, it is destructive sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says this, Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a man commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against their own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own, for you've been bought with a price. Glorify God with your body. Do you see it? Sexuality misexpressed, wrongly expressed, hurts your body and hurts others. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says this, beginning in verse 2, For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control your own body in holiness and honor, not in passion like the Gentiles that don't know God, and that no one transgresses their brother in this matter. Sin hurts us. Sexual sin hurts our bodies. It dishonors our bodies. It hurts us and hurts others. There are no uninjured parties when sexuality is expressed outside the framework of marriage between a man and a woman. And God says if you want proof of the degenerating effects of sin, the degenerating effects of rebellion against me, here are your proofs. Well, join me tomorrow as we continue to move forward in our study of this part of Romans, and we'll look at the second of the examples that God gives us of what he gives us over to in the midst of our rebelliousness against him. God bless. Join me then.